Do I need a life coach? You're listening to episode 50 with Rhiannon Bush. Welcome to the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast. We're here to discuss the ins and outs of the life coaching industry and give you tools to use to see for yourself. I'm your host, Rhiannon Bush, mother, management consultant, and a passionate, certified life coach. Well, hello, my friends. I hope you're having a sensational week. I am having a ball. I can't believe we are at episode 50. Yes, five zero. And the body of work that I've created in getting to this point, uh, I'm really, really proud. And I hope that if you're listening to this, if you're a regular listener, or if you've only just joined, that you're really enjoying the content that I'm bringing. The best thing about this is that I'm doing it my way. So whether people like it or not, it is sort of by the by to me. Don't get me wrong. I really want to make a difference and I want to have an impact. But I also understand that I'm not everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. So if you're listening and you're enjoying it, I would love to hear about what you're enjoying. Um, If not, then, you know, well, you're obviously not going to be listening to this and that's absolutely fine. So I just, yeah, I really want to thank you all for being here and yeah, I'm just, I can't believe we're at episode 50. That's huge. I have come off the back of a conference, an industry conference um, with the Tasmanian Mining Manufacturing Oh, Energy Council, TMEC, T-M-E-C, and it was just the best week. I had such a wonderful time. It's the first time since having kids that I have been able to go back and do what I do professionally um, and just be, you know, completely and holistically me, um, who I was anyway, pre-kids. <laughs> so it was really nostalgic. It was really lovely. I had the best time. Um, And that has definitely inspired this podcast because I've had a really interesting six weeks at work. My director went on leave and so I stepped into his shoes, which is no no easy feat if you know who he is. Um, It's just been massive between, you know, kids and work and extra things that I do outside of work. And look, everybody in life seems to be the same. I don't think I'm alone in this. I feel like we all have these crazy lives and we all do these things that you know, just we're on the hamster wheel so often. And if you get little moments in that of doing things that you absolutely love and that light you up, you know, whether it's seeing friends or doing something like rowing or singing or performing arts or artists or gardening, like, you know, if you do anything um, that you did as a child, really, that you remember as a child, you absolutely love, then chances are as an adult, you'll love it just as much. It's just changed a little bit in terms of its perspective. So, you know, if there are any little rays of sunshine in your life where you get to go and do that thing, then that's awesome. And you'll kind of understand, I guess, how I felt last week um, doing doing what I do. It was brilliant to come home and see the kids and see the family. Um, and, yeah, it's definitely made me much more patient and a lot more compartmentalized, which was just awesome. But I had this real moment being at this conference of just thinking, I can do this. And I want to tell you the same. You can do this. Whatever it is that you are going through, wherever it is that you've been, you can do this. And 
at times on the journey, and I'll talk to you a little bit about that in a minute. It's something that I've I took from one of the speakers at the conference, um, but it's definitely something that we lose sight of as we go down this road because things get hard and then life steps in and then all of a sudden we stop and go, wait, what are we doing this for? Like, why Why am I adding more pressure? And I remember once Damien looked at me and he goes, do you enjoy what you do? And I was like, oh, it's such a complicated question because there are certain needs I definitely have fulfilled by my, by my work. Would I say I'm happy? Happy is probably not the word that I would describe. Am I fulfilled? Yes, to an extent. Yeah, for sure. Is it hard? Yes. <laughs> but, you know, as a girlfriend said to me the other day, she's like, yeah, but everything that's worth having is is difficult. It's hard. It's the slog. You're in the trenches. You're working through it. And it's through coming out the other side and having it that you you get that feeling of, yeah, this is this is what it was. And this is why I did it and this is, you know, the the reason that I did it because now I get that feeling of satisfaction or happiness or peace or whatever that might be for you. But funnily enough, from where we stand right now today, looking at what we want in the future because we may not have it yet, there is so often this perception that by having that thing, we're going to feel different. We're going to feel happy. We're going to feel content. We're going to feel fulfilled. When actually, the lesson that I continue to learn is that that's not the case. Life is happening right now. You're doing it right now. And yes, things external to us can be tweaked and can be changed to ensure that we you know, get that feeling of happiness and gratification and whatever it is that we need faster and more steadily and more readily. However, usually it's having that thing, our perception has changed so much through the growth that we experience to get to that thing. The feeling that we have when we get there isn't often this one of, oh, I did it, oh, I made it. You know, by the time you actually get there, it's like, oh, so this is now the problem. You know, I heard a business mentor once say, better levels, better devils. And I think that, that, that that's true. You know, you start and you've got, you know, at the beginning, you've got these certain problems that match you at the level that you're at. And then as you expand into the next level, you think that when you get to that level, you know, you've got better cash flow, for instance. So all of a sudden, you're not going to have the financial pressure that you had at the beginning. So, you know, cash flow is going to fix everything. And then you get to that next level and cash flow is great, but then you don't have the resources to deliver that. You can't do it all. So then it's like, well, now I've got to recruit people. And when you recruit people, that's a whole world of problems of its own. But you can deliver what you've said you're going to deliver and you can grow and expand and then you grow and expand and then there's another problem that you couldn't foresee at the beginning. It's like trying to go through a maze and trying to find that centerpiece. You can't see around the next corner. You don't know what's around the next corner. So you've got to just jump in and walk through that maze to get around the corner to then make your next decision and make your next move and take your next step. So you kind of are, in a way, flying blind. And I don't know if this is resonating with where you're at right now, but you can do this. It does matter why you want to do it in the first place. 
the purpose for which you're doing this. And I think when it comes to goal setting and really trajecting your life forward and having a big aspirational goal, it is so good to understand your expectations around what it will mean to have that thing. So if you dream of having a seven-figure business, if you dream of being a CEO, if you dream of having a loving partner, then while you're here where you are right now, having the aspiration to have that thing, which is wonderful, I think it's a really good exercise to manage the expectations that you have when you have actually achieved that thing. I remember I spent a lot of time in my 20s wishing that I was with somebody, that I was sharing my 20s with somebody. I was always very happy in my own company. I was always really um, footloose and fancy free and I was always really comfortable in my own company. So I was happy with that. I really was. But there were also times when I would absolutely pine to meet somebody and and not be alone, really, to be sharing that with somebody and, you know, having all the experiences that you get to have when you have a trusting, loving partner. And then, you know, Damien came along and that was sensational. <laughs> it really was. It was a really special time. But there were all of these things that I just couldn't anticipate with it. Like all of a sudden, I didn't have my weekends to myself. You know, I didn't have time to fall in a Netflix hole if I wanted to or coach a client because I would prioritize spending time with him over coaching a client. Or, you know, I used to wake up and go to a yoga class on a Saturday morning and then I would go to a market, which was um, just off Church Street in Richmond. And I used to love just pondering that and doing that in my own time on my own. I used to love going and sitting in a cafe, buying myself a coffee with a good book or writing an article or doing any coaching work that I was doing. You know, I used to just really value that space and time to be creative. And in in hindsight, I used to live in this state of hope. You know, in my 20s, I, I felt like I could do anything and like anything was possible. And you know, there was always, you know, what do I want to do next? What do I want to try? Where do I want to go? And that was absolutely awesome. And I realized that's why I love a library so much. I love going into a library and seeing all the different books and all the different things. I mean, yes, of course we can Google, right? Yes, we all know we can go to Google. We can literally look up anything. But there is something really magical for me about being in a bookstore where you you have a visual representation of every single thing that you can pick up and read and learn about and study. And you can, in a book in a bookstore for me, I'm like, I can completely transform who I am. And I love that feeling. I love that feeling of knowing that I can change everything if I want to. And that was very much the state of mind I lived in in my 20s. And I did that. You know, at 18, I left Tassie. I lived in Sydney for seven years where I did a whole bunch of different stuff and like polar opposite stuff. And I knew what it was like to be broke and I knew the generosity of, of human beings, like, you know, nothing dire before you sort of string that together in the wrong way. Um, you know, I was never in financial, you know, huge financial strain. I've always been very fortunate like that. But I also, you know, worked hard and, and there was a lot of circumstances around that. I was a student and blah, blah, blah. But I had a really great life. And yes, there were also very mentally tough times. That's where my coaching journey started. You know, I had a coach because I wasn't in a good space. 
And then I remember picking up and moving to London. I was like, well, I can't really afford to go and travel there and gallivant around the world like I'd like to. So I, I moved. I was like, I've got nothing to lose. And so I picked up and moved to London, came back to Melbourne. So I was able to just, and I did, chop and change and chop and change. And I thought that that would serve me and I thought that that was fantastic. And it was. It was an amazing experience. And now I have this beautiful friendship group (laughs) that are dispersed all over the world. And I miss them. I miss them being here and being able to just go to their house and swim and go for coffee. And, you know, I miss being able to do that. So, and I'm not great at keeping in touch. So I need to make more of an effort to pick up the phone and actually reach out. But my point is, Every single decision we make or we don't make has consequences. And you don't know what you don't know. Um, So, you know, around the corner, you can't see it. You're going to head down that road anyway. So the reason for you taking the unknown road and dealing with the uncertainty and dealing with all of the additional problems that you can't face right now along the way and having resilience around that matters. And the thing that will give you that resilience and that drive and that purpose is knowing what you want at the end of it. So for me with my podcast, I know exactly what I want to do and exactly where I want to get to and I'm on the path. I am on track and I am stoked. I'm really, really stoked. And any goal that you've set, I just recommend doing a sense check around it. What do you expect to be different when you get there? What do you expect relief from? So what pain are you in right now that is forcing you to chase this thing? And is that pain real or is it something that maybe you're making up? Maybe it's not real. So for instance, you know, coming back to the relationship example, I remember just, you know, wanting to be with someone. But then when I was with someone, I was like, Oh, I didn't realize that so much more of my time would be taken up. And I was it was time I was happy to give and I really enjoyed giving more than being on my own, but I did miss at the same time being on my own. So there was that payoff and that's okay. It's just something that you then have to go, well, would I prefer to have my own time and can I bring that in any in any way or is this it? You know, is there any compromise? And you know, Damien and I were able to navigate that. But in business, you don't know what you don't know. And so having a mentor to help you with those hurdles, and by mentor, I mean somebody that has the results that you want, that is a few steps ahead of you. So they know where you're going, you can follow their lead, and they've gotten the results that you want to get. That's a very, very important factor because we don't want to be following somebody's behaviors and actions and plans if they haven't already gotten the result that we want to get. And again, I would caveat that with be very careful of, you know, people that are clever with their marketing. <laughs> you know, I know on social media, it's always the seven figure, like six, six figures, seven figures, the seven figure coach. the six. That may be true. And I genuinely hope it is. I really hope when people spruce that, spruik, spruce that, that it's true. And if it is, then great, go ahead. But if they're just doing it to be, using that label to get your attention, to get you through their doors, then, you know, there needs to be a few more questions around whether that's who you need to be working with to get to where you want to be. If obviously six or seven figures is a thing that you're chasing. If it's not, and they're offering um, business coaching services, then maybe business coaching, you know, maybe it is them. If it's not business coaching that you're looking for, then maybe it's somebody else. But 
it's really important to understand what result you want to get, why you want to get that result, and then getting the help you need to get that result from somebody who's obviously already got the result themselves. Because when those unknown hurdles come, they can completely derail. And I, people are going to disagree with me on this as well, but I am not a fan of the whole hustle your backside off and burn yourself out to achieve something. I think if you have a plan and you can break that plan down into weekly hours so you know exactly how much time each week you have to dedicate to that thing that you're trying to achieve and therefore when you will achieve it by, I would add like a 20% caveat to that <laughs> just, just to allow a little bit of buffer and a little bit of space for you and make sure you've got your plan, you've got your why and then implement that plan. Be strategic about it. Be smart about it. Do it in you know, your prefrontal cortex. Really get logical about it. And that way, any emotional highs and lows you experience along the way, you will be able to manage. You will be able to slow yourself down and go, hang on, does this need to be so emotionally taxing or is this just another hurdle I need to overcome on the road to where I need to get to? Because when you're truly aligned with what you would, what it is you want and why it is you want it and what expectations you have around things that will be better and things that may not change when you get that thing, then along the way, emotions are like, oh, yeah, okay, so that happened, that's not great, but moving on. You know, focus forward, fail forward and make your next decision to get to where you want to be, to get to where it is, um, you know, that you want to achieve that thing and why. So at the conference, um, there was a guy by the name of Don Thurban um, and he was a partner at EY and he did this amazing talk. He opened the conference and everything he spoke about was just so personal but also so overarching. Like it was a beautifully put together presentation and I was just in from the get-go. He was incredible. So I think he ran away at the end of the, his talk so no one could <laughs> hassle him or come after him with questions or anything, which, um, you know, I get, but I would have loved to have just spent, you know, time with him as I'm sure so many of the other conference delegates would have because he was brilliant. He was really, really brilliant. But one of the things he spoke about was the five human responses to change. And, you know, there was this really pretty graph, but basically, you know, the first step we go through is denial. So I want you to think of a time when you've been achieving something on a, a big, long road and or like it's been a long journey that you've been trying to undertake this achievement and you get hit with a hurdle. And sometimes actually it's not even something you're driving, by the way. Sometimes it can be this thing that you're just like, I've got to do this, like whether it's stepping into an acting director or getting a promotion or starting a business, whatever it might be. But it's a hurdle. It's hard. The first thing we do is deny. And it's just a question of, you know, when will this be over? You know, when will this be over? The second step is to resist. We go you know, stick our head in the sand and it's like, how, how do I stop this? How do I stop this? The third is to adapt. How will I survive? The fourth is to leverage. So how do I make the most of this? And the fifth is direct. So being a director, acting like you have control and what am I going to change next? 
And the thing I love about it is that by the time you start to recognize the phases that you go through to get to where you want to be, you realize that that is the pattern you'll go through most of the time. That's your strategy. And when you can work through that faster and start asking yourself better questions, you will get to that point of saying, I can do this much faster. And you can, my friend, you can, you can do this. You are doing this. So do it. Get out there, change the world, change your life, do what drives you and do it because you can. I promise you. I'll see you next week. Hey, before you go, I always find reviews really helpful when looking for new information or insights. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a minute to write a quick review about what you found most beneficial so that other people can benefit from your insights and have a listen as well. I would love that. Also, if there are any topics you want me to cover specifically about life coaching or the life coaching industry, visit rhiannonbush.com to contact me. Thanks for joining and I'll see you in the next episode of the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast.